All right, tonight we are continuing, uh, more than likely for the rest of uh, September, uh, our series on Bible words. And tonight I'd like to deal with the word just. And of course, other uh, forms of that word is justify, justified, justification. And uh, it is uh, several times in the Bible used as a divine title. And so uh, limber up your fingers here. We're going to be looking through uh, several passages tonight. But uh, first of all, just a little bit by way of definition. Uh, I, uh, it's interesting. The first definition of the word just as it is used as an adjective is that does what is morally right, righteous, just before or with God or simply just. Righteousness in the sight of God, justified, now chiefly as a biblical archaism. Now, how many of you are familiar with that word archaic? Archaism is an old, unused term. And uh, certainly... Uh, uh, honestly and truly, that is an indictment upon our society, upon our culture, that the word just in the sense of what is morally, naturally right, what is righteous, what is uh, just before God would not even be considered part of uh, the main usage of the word because everybody goes around trying to justify themselves. Uh, here is the phrase that is often used. I have my rights. Oh, do you? Uh, what rights do you have before God? When we stand before God, and I was, uh, sometimes I try to pick up uh, the hourly monologue, some of the talk show hosts, just to uh, Keep abreast of what's going on, and uh, one of them was uh, waxing eloquent today about why people believe in all of these uh, global warming and the fragile earth and evolution, and and rightly so, the uh, talk show host tied it to the fact that many people are raised without a knowledge of God. If you do not know and understand God as the Creator, then you are forced to accept some other origin story. And uh, you can go to ancient uh, uh, indigenous people and they have the earth as a uh, riding on the back of a turtle as it uh, walks across the universe and... Uh, uh, many other such things, or even more fanciful than that, that everything just always was, and it gathered into a big cosmic cluster and blew up and became all of the beauty and organization that we see. Uh, I think it takes more faith to believe in that than it does to believe in the Bible. And, and yet, if we divorce ourselves from a Creator then we live in a world where the biggest and most important thing in the world is me. And boy, does that not describe our world today. And that's why we got a problem with this word called just. You see, in order for something to be just, 
let me read the definition of the word justify. To absolve, acquit, exculpate, uh, uh, specifically in theology, to declare free from the penalty of sin on the ground of Christ's righteousness or to make inherently righteous by the infusion of grace. The word justify, to make just or right, made or accounted righteous, warranted, supported by evidence. And then it talks about justified is a printing term. How many of you are familiar with uh, your uh, word or document in your word processor? You can actually click on a button and it will justify the text. Well, what that simply means is when you set your margins in your uh, document and hit the justify button, it makes your words stand to the margins on both sides of the paper. And uh, guess what? Every use of the word just, justified, uh, justify demands the agreement with a set standard. Oh, well, doesn't that make it very simple? The idea of being just, the idea of being justified through the work of Jesus Christ, uh, justification is another term, the state of being just, and the work of justifying, uh, making you in agreement with the standard. And what is the standard? Why, there is only one in the Bible. The standard is God's holiness. I mean, remember the story of the rich young ruler. He comes up to Jesus and falls down on his face in the middle of the road in a, in a puff of dust and looks up at Jesus and says, Good Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And the story is so telling on so many fronts. Number one, he is asking the right question. Because none of us deserve Eternal life. He said, what must I do to inherit it? What must I do to be worthy of the gift of eternal life? And he was asking the right person the right question. But he didn't like the answer he got now, did he? Because Jesus told him, unless you're willing to give up everything and just follow me, you cannot be justified. And the other thing of that story was Jesus first addressed his major problem. He says, why callest thou me good? He says, there is none good save one. That is God. When I was a young preacher, I used to tell people, well, you know, I'm not here to tell you what to do. As an older preacher, I am here to tell you what to do because the Bible tells you what to do and I'm going to try to tell you what the Bible says. Uh, the authority is not in me as a person. We do not preach our, uh, um, our whims and our, our fancies. It was interesting. I had a call from another missionary. He wanted to come to our church and present his work and I just asked him a simple question. I said, what, what do you believe about baptism? 
uh, and basically was as long as you professed faith in Christ and someone made you wet after you were baptized, that that was baptism. And I said, you know, I'm not here to teach you or to try to change you, but I, I said, you need to understand something. There, there is a biblical authority in baptism. It's called the Bible. And Jesus authorized the church that believes the Bible to baptize. You see, that's a standard. And we follow these things because God is the only being as creator who has the authority and the reason, talking about thought processes and the uh, uh, um, power and the goodness and all of these other things, would you want someone else to set the standard? I mean, we have people in our church that used to live under the Soviet system. What was the standard? Whatever is best for the state. The state becomes God. That's why we classify here communism as a religion or socialism that's being bandied about. Same thing, different name. It is a religion because they set the standard. And everyone has to match up to your standard. And I asked the missionary, as he, I said, how many different kinds of churches did Jesus start? Well, he said, one. I said, right. I said, and so if they believe and they practice different, what does that make them? Uh, he didn't want to answer that question. So he's not going to come. Uh, and his question was, you wouldn't have me present my work because of that? I said, yeah, you don't know what a church is. We're not going to. I was a little kinder than that uh, over the phone and, and trying to help him understand that, wait a minute. This whole idea of being justified, of being just, of being declared just, means conformity with the standard. We talk about reconciliation, justification of your uh, checkbook on a regular... It's a great illustration. You have to take what is true... The record that the bank has, and let me ask you a question. Have banks made mistakes? Oh, yes, they have. And you've got to work really hard to prove that a bank has made a mistake. But let me ask this question. How many of you have had more bank mistakes than personal mistakes? mistakes. Don't see any hands going up. You know why? Because we have a tendency to be less than careful sometimes. It's a little easier for us, but I will tell you, banks can make some uh, terrible mistakes and you have to figure it out and it all has to be reconciled to what is true. There's only so much money that goes in, so much money that comes out. Uh, and so, as we look at this, we want to understand that God has the right, the only right, 
to decide what is just. And when we reach this statement, it's because we have been conformed to the standard. Now, there's a group of people in the Bible that are uh, deemed just. It, it was actually a little bigger than I thought, but uh, uh, we're going to just uh, start flipping through some passages here, if you would. Uh, why don't we start with Matthew chapter 27, if you would. Matthew chapter 27, and this is an interesting verse because the person declaring the justness of Jesus Christ, as far as we know, is not even saved, is not even a believer in the faith that the Bible teaches us. But Matthew 27, verse 19, when he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife, Pilate's wife, sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. And I want to remind you that this was all before 9 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Mrs. Pilate here, because we do not have her name, uh, was no, uh, no evidence that she was Jewish or believed in anything about the Bible, but... She sent, and she, in, in her statement, declared that Jesus was just. Let me read you a few more. Acts 3.14 says, uh, But ye denied the Holy One and the just. This is a title of deity given to Jesus Christ, and desired a murderer to be granted to you. When Stephen was preaching, he said, Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers. As Paul was given testimony of Ananias, who met him in Damascus, and he said of Ananias, The God of our fathers hath chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will, and see that just one, and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. You see, the ultimate title, uh, the ultimate use of this word just, is a title for Jesus Christ. He is the standard. Uh, he not only sets the standard, he is the standard. And 1 Peter 3.18, let's take a moment and turn there in your Bibles, if you would. 1 Peter 3.18 And here this verse says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just, talking about Jesus, for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. And so, the first point of tonight is that Jesus is the just but let's take our Bibles and go to Genesis, if you would. Genesis, uh, uh, verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 8. One of those wonderful verses. If you don't have this verse marked or memorized, you ought to. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That's Genesis 6, 8. Genesis 6, 9 says, These are the generations... Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. 
Noah met the standard. When God was looking for someone who had faith in God, someone that he could use, someone he could trust, literally with the salvation of mankind as a whole. He said, Noah was a just man. And I gave him the instructions of the ark, knowing that Noah was a just man, and he was perfect, the Bible says, in his generations, meaning he was following the faith of his father, and his sons were following the faith of their father, of Noah, uh, at this time, and his three sons and their wives, and Noah and his wife were the only human beings saved on the ark. Uh, God says a lot of good things about him. Here was another man that was called just in the Bible. John the Baptist. Mark 6.20 says, For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man, and and holy, and observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. As Jesus was brought to the temple as an infant for his dedication, there was a man named Simeon in the temple And says, Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Sinium. The same man was just and devout. And he got to hold in his hands the infant Jesus and blessed him and said, Now I can depart in peace. I've seen the salvation that God is going to deliver his people. How many of you remember Cornelius of the Italian band? The Bible tells us in verse 22 of Acts chapter 10 that Cornelius is centurion, a just man. And God chose him to be the first Gentile convert, the first Gentile to hear the God's Word. Now, this last one, we need to take our Bibles and turn back to the book of Second Peter here. Way in the back of your Bible. If you got to Revelation, you're too far. Hebrews, keep moving. The book of 2 Peter, chapter 2, and verse 7. And delivered just, what's that next word there? Lot. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, doesn't that kind of spoil the rest of the list? No, because who is the one that determines justness? Do we determine justness by the works that we do? Well, see, this is the next step here. Lot is listed with Noah, John the Baptist, Simeon, Joseph of Arimathea. I think I may have missed him. It says that he was a good man and a just, is the wording in our King James Bible. Uh, He was one of the ones that helped bury Jesus after the crucifixion. And then Lot gets put in there. It's just kind of like a smudge at the bottom of the page. No, it's not. Because God is teaching us about what just is. Noah was just because he obeyed God. John the Baptist was just because he was chosen to serve God, to be a forerunner of the Messiah. Lot was just because he believed in the God of the Bible. That, that's the standard. 
It's not about you. Justification is all about God. Now, let's take uh, our Bibles and go to the book of Romans. Chapter 3, Romans chapter 3. How are we made just? How, how are we justified? If you remember the story of Job, it says, A mortal man cannot be justified before God. And you'll read many passages in the Bible that says, For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. You cannot be made perfect By keeping the law. And here's one reason why you can't be. Because you've already broken it. And no matter what you do, you cannot go back in time and change that fact. And so we look here at Romans chapter 3. And of course the famous verse is verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Verse 24 says, being justified freely by His grace. Oh, wait a minute. Grace. Does grace have something to do with justification? Absolutely. That's the reason Lot's name is on the list. What is grace? Grace is the unmerited favor of God. Uh, Timothy, I mean Titus 3, 7, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. How are we made just? Number one, by the grace of God. By God's goodness, by His unmerited favor, by the gift of God. How about Romans 3 and verse 28? It says, therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to understand something. We are justified by faith, but where does faith come from? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Uh, the Bible says... Uh, In Galatians 2.16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Do you get that? The faith that justifies us doesn't belong to you. If you turn on the TBN crowd, uh, they talk about faith much like the Magneto on a Model T Ford. Now, how many people know how that thing works? Uh, How many of you remember the old funny movies where they get out there and they turn the crank in the front of the car to get it started? Well, that was because there was a magneto. You see, all you have to do to generate a spark is turn the magneto. That's why they use them on airplanes. Because if your engine quits the propeller is still turning the crankshaft and you can still get a spark. And if it's just an air, uh, a bubble in your gas line or something, you can restart the engine and survive. Not have to bail out. But faith doesn't work that way. It's not something in you that you turn on. Uh, and, and then it gets all started. Faith doesn't come from you. 
The faith that saves us, the faith that justifies us, belongs to Jesus Christ. The writer of Hebrews put it this way. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Our faith belongs to Jesus because it's His plan. It's His standard. It's His words that justify us. How else are we justified? Let's go to the book of Romans chapter 5 again and verse 9. It says, much more than being now justified, how? By his blood. We are justified by the blood of Jesus. We shall be saved from wrath through him. The wages of sin is death. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. That's why Jesus died on the cross. He died in our place so that God, another word we're going to look at in the next few weeks is the word holy, uh, so that God would not compromise His holiness so that God would actually be justified in forgiving us our sin, not because we're such good people, but because the only just sacrificed his life in our place and paid that debt. He solved the problem. God took care of everything. And yet, I want us to turn James chapter 2. We've been over this recently, so we're not going to spend a lot of time there tonight. But there's something else that is a part of our justification. We are not afraid of any verse in the Bible. We believe what the Bible teaches us. And there is not a contradiction here. Verse 21, was not Abraham our father justified how? Well, wait a minute, not by works of the law. But is that what it says here? It just says by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar. Verse 2 explains it even further. Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. If you have Bible faith, it's going to produce Bible works. If your faith doesn't produce works, if your faith doesn't do anything, This is one of the great grievances I uh, try to remind you of on a regular basis of the quote-unquote new Christianity of our day. Is you come to church and you profess faith in in Christ and nothing changes. Your behavior doesn't change. Your life doesn't change. Your heart doesn't change. Your music doesn't change. Your behavior doesn't change. Nothing changes and yet we're told that that is grace without judgment. Well, I want to tell you something. Grace without judgment is not found in the Bible anywhere. In fact, you can't be made just without being made conformable to the standard. If there is no standard, if this judgeless faith, they call it, It is a reality 
then you take the central truth of the Bible and rip it out. God is no longer holy. We are no longer sinful. Whatever we are, God placed... That's the problem with the purpose-driven life. God is not honoring what is in the human heart. That's not in the Bible. God wants to rewrite what is in the human heart. He does that through the words of this book called the Bible, and that rewriting process is measured not only in the words we speak, what we say we believe, but how we live and how we work. So we are justified by all of these things. We're justified by grace if it weren't for God's goodness. Jesus wouldn't have died on the cross. We are justified through the blood of Jesus Christ. We are justified through faith, by believing in what the Bible says. But once we believe, then we're supposed to do something. That's why we make a big deal about baptism here. And church membership. Because we want you to be a part. We want you to serve Christ with us. But if we're going to do it, we need to serve Christ according to His words in His Scripture, or we have no right to call ourselves His church. You see, there is a standard. How, how do we keep in this state of justification? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How do we know what sin is? Several years ago, someone gave me a book. was on grace. I took one look at the author's name, Chuck Swindoll, and I said, this is going to be a trip. And it was. You see, apparently Mr. Swindoll at that time was going through a great deal of criticism because... He liked to smoke a pipe. And he said, I have grace to smoke a pipe and I don't feel any conviction. Therefore, I am living in grace by smoking a pipe. Okay. You can justify your own behavior. Be my guest. But I will tell you this. You cannot make one argument that refutes the idea that smoking is attached to filthy, unrighteous things. Unless it's marijuana. Then it's fine. And that is the ultimate good. Being sarcastic, I, I hope you understand that. Because somebody will quote me. Pete Montoro said the ultimate good is smoking marijuana. Uh, no. And by the way, I've never even held a joint. I know what they're called. And and I've smelled more than my fair share just walking up and down the streets of our great city. And I, I just don't get it. All this... How many of you remember just a few years ago how evil smoking was? And they sued the tobacco companies for billions of dollars because of second-hand smoke. 
And now our mayor pushed everybody out. All the smokers are now out on the street. So all of us non-smoking citizens, when we walk down the streets as we have to, have to put up with all the secondhand smoke. It's going to kill us. Now, if that makes sense to you, please explain that to me after the service. I'd like to, I really would like to wrap, no, I'm never going to wrap my head around the foolishness of man. See, that's where we go. How are we kept righteous? By confessing our failures to meet up to the standard of God's holiness. That allows God to reach into the surplus of Jesus' grace and work on Calvary and apply it to my account and reconcile my evil deeds against his righteous deed and clear my account and declare me just. I'll tell you what. I can't tell you why God does things that way, but I'm sure glad he does. Because that's what justification is all about. You see, we are kept just because it is just, it is faithful for God to cleanse us from our sins when we accept what Jesus Christ has done to pay for our sins. And it is just and it is faithful for God to take a soul and cast it into an eternal hell because they refused God's plan to be reconciled or justified or brought up to measure His standard. You see, if you do not believe in Jesus Christ and what He has done, you are refusing God's process. Where does the faith come that justifies us? It comes from Jesus now, doesn't it? And if we refuse to accept that, See, I love this verse. Let's just turn there for very quickly here. People, Hebrews chapter 12, if you're in James 2, just have a few pages to turn. Hebrews chapter 12. And this is one of those verses that the universal church people just love to pull out of context and twist and wind and stretch and elasticize. It says, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the just, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. People say, yeah, see there, see there, every saved person is in the church. It's a universal church. It's not a local church. Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. You missed two words there. In heaven. Yeah, one day we're going to be assembled in heaven. I want to challenge you, that's still a local church. You see, there is no such thing in the Bible as a universal, invisible anything except God. And honestly, when people choose to believe in a universal, invisible church, they take God off the throne and put their organization that doesn't exist 
or their thought processes actually upon that throne and worship their own thoughts. God intended believers to worship in a physical, visible, attached assembly so that when we get to heaven one day, we will be practiced to uh, behave in that great assembly that is written in heaven, that will be assembled in heaven, where Jesus will be the head of all believers, we will know as we are known, because the eternal state, the standing of the true believer in Jesus Christ, is just. Now, we've got one more verse that I want us to look at here. Would you turn, two more verses actually, would you turn with me to Luke chapter 7? Luke chapter 7 and verse 29. It says, And all the people that heard him and the publicans, now look at these next two words because they're unusual, they justified God. Now, wait a minute. God justifies us, does He not? He changes us. He reconciles us. He brings us up to the standard. But here it says that the publicans and the people justified God. How, how does that work? Um, look at the next verse. I mean, the rest of the verse. Being baptized with the baptism of John. How does that apply? Well, you see, what the people and the publicans were doing that the Pharisees and the religious leaders weren't doing is they were agreeing with God. They were saying that God has the right to set the standard. God has the right to send Jesus as the Messiah. God has the right to demand that we be baptized the Bible way. Uh, They didn't understand at this whole point here in Luke chapter 7 about the church and how it would be organized. But contextually, this is what it's talking about is we justify God when we say, you have the right to set the standard and I'm surrendering to your standard. What we're doing is we're saying, Amen to the plan of God as outlined in the Bible. And the terminology our Bible uses was these people justify God. Uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. How many of you know that those verses? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a reason, a, a, a sacrifice, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. I looked at my notes which is your reasonable service. That's the line I had written in my notes. You see, when we accept what the Bible says about us and our lives, we justify God. We're saying, you're right. I'm the one with the problem. Because how are the just to live? And the just shall live by how? What? The just shall live by faith. What is faith? Simply believing God's word to the point of obedience, is it not? You see, 
We justify God when we are obedient. John the Baptist said, he's coming. If you want to be prepared for the Messiah, what are you supposed to do? Repent. And repentance, because that is an inward choice in our innermost being, was to be symbolized by a physical action called baptism. And it's interesting that all the disciples of Jesus were baptized by John. And they never got baptized again. Even though Jesus was not named at that point, they said, we will believe on the Messiah when John points the finger. And he did. He said, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And what did Andrew do? Andrew and John. They left all their works. They stopped following John the Baptist and they started following Jesus. Actually, it was Andrew and Phil. But the... uh, Truth of our matter is, it is a surrender of our life, of our will, of our direction, of our understanding to God's. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. That's Hebrews 10.38. So tonight, as we look at this word just, we take the textbook and we have to understand if we're going to If something is just, it meets the standard. To justify something is to conform it to the acceptable standard. Justification is the state of being in agreement with that standard. God is the only one that has the right to set the standard. In fact, Jesus Christ takes the title, the just. He died to pay the price for our sins We are justified by God's grace, by the blood of Jesus Christ, through faith. And when our faith activates our lives and makes it work, that is not a sign. It is the natural result of faith. We're kept justified. We're kept just. By confessing our faults, our sins, our failures. Because the standing of the believer at the moment of salvation is all your sins are forgiven past, present, and future. Because we will stand in that assembly in heaven with the spirits of just men made perfect. Looking forward to that church service. You know what? Nobody's going to skip church in heaven. Amen? Everybody's going to be there every time. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful thing. And uh, I am looking forward uh, in in our singing here. uh, Many times our song leader will be, (laughs) by the time they're done. That's the way it's supposed to be. And and it wouldn't hurt if if more of our people that were out in the pews sang that way. We, we need, we're singing to the Lord. Amen? But when we get to heaven, never going to run out of breath. Never going to be just that close to the pitch. I'm looking forward to that. Because uh, as, a, as a singer, I'm one of those guys that I get close. But I really, really am going to enjoy being right on 
every time. I I'm just can't wait for that. My singing in heaven will be just. Amen? You see, yet we have the privilege of justifying God. Your attendance here tonight is part of that. You're saying, yes, I believe that it's important to be in church for the services. Uh, I believe it's to, important to be baptized the Bible way and to serve the Lord through His church. And, and all of these things, we, we justify God by saying you're right through our obedience and surrender to His will. Just. Think about that through the week. It will answer a lot of questions. Pastor, can I fill in the blank? Well, how does it measure to the word just? Well, that's unfair. No, that's Bible. That's what stops us from doing what we want and helps us to confess our failures and do what He wants. And all God's people said, let's pray.